freaking are we talking about tattoo parlors in the game i'm not saying that's what we're actually getting i'm just saying that's not sort of what that sounds like yeah that and the fact that events could unlock cosmetics too like hey, i fought this dragon and there's these gonna be these yeah. big claw marks on oh, my man. face right or there's gonna be a piece of my never mind. okay never mind <laughs> Some got bit. Oh, some got bit, and it's like you know, it's it's not only totally symmetrical anymore. But <laughs> Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Samori. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back your Ashen Herald, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year, everyone. And also welcome back the cult leader of Vera, Armored Cell. Bonjour. Bonjour. Is that what they say on Vera? Is that like a greeting term of the cult there? It sounds a lot like anybody. The French? Uh, right? Yeah, that's French. French. Yeah, okay. That's, I didn't realize they had so much in common with one of our native uh, Earthling peoples here. So there's that. <laughs> Everybody, welcome in. And yes, indeed, I hope everyone's holidays were fan fantastic. And Happy New Year to all of you all who are joining us today live over here on Twitch. We, uh, we are on episode 206. We are the first day of this new year in 2023 and looking forward to chatting with y'all about Ashes, catching up on the last dev stream and talking about some things coming into the year for Ashes and all of us. So everybody, before we dig in, whether you are new or, uh, well, no, I guess that's not the right spiel. This is what happens when I miss a week, right? <laughs> <laughs> I literally just about went into a YouTube spiel. I'm so sorry. Before we dig in, <laughs> gotta give a shout out. I'm doing too much content creation in 2022. What's the New Year's resolution for you, Sim? I need to do less content. I need to spend more time breathing F and air outside. Okay, I'm I'm good. I'm good. We gotta give a shout out to the home of this podcast over AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Uh, also, shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, over on Kofi and YouTube. Thank you so much for keeping this community's Flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. And if you want to show this show some love, go on over to our Twitter, friends. That's right, over at Ashes Pathfinder. Check out the pinned post right there. Check out the podcast places. Check out iTunes and give us a five-star review. And if you do, well, something really cool could happen, like reading it live here on the show. Also, when we hit 100, which I don't know, I think we're like, I don't know how far we are. We're, we're, we're working our way there. But when we do, um, something really cool in regard to a giveaway is probably going to happen. So if you are one of the lazy few who have not been over there, go get it. Get it done. Leave a comment and let your voice be heard so we can share it here on the show. Gentlemen, we had the last developer stream around was December 23rd, right before the holidays. And, uh, I've been gone myself, so I know we missed last Sunday, but I hope everybody enjoyed their Christmas because it was indeed Christmas Day. 
Hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed your New Year's Eve. I hope you're enjoying New Year's Day. Sending literally the best vibes to every one of the Pathfinders who can hear my voice or see this video and genuinely wish you all the best in the new year and hope it's been the best one yet for you and your family, all your loved ones, everybody. Um, gentlemen, what the hell? Why don't we talk about our New Year's? Anything interesting happened for you all? Uh, what you've been doing since the last show? I know Daedalus was traveling. I know Armored Cell was like threatening us with the good time if we weren't around. Some dark and ominous things about like, you shouldn't leave me alone. If you do, things happen. For example, I go and get a plushie of you, Sim, without your consent and creep you out live on stream, but it's fine. It's okay. I still love you, Armored Cell. And I see myself yeah. up there looking back at me. Not weird at all. Uh, gentlemen, what you been up to? How you been doing? How was your new year? <laughs> well, uh, it, was, it was good. Yeah, I got a chance to go home and visit some family and hang out with my niece and nephew. Um, and on seeing them on a Christmas morning was actually pretty fantastic. Being able to see how many gifts they got and how they hyper focused on things like cardboard boxes and stuff instead of looking at all this be these beautiful gifts. But uh, but it was it was pretty cool to kind of see that I got a chance to hang out with some friends, do some cooking and all of that. So all in all, it was a good time. And I would say my first New Year's resolution is I resolved to continue my um, encouragement of Sims Dark Overlord, you know, wait, side. Wait, 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 you what? Continue the encouragement to help Sim realize that the true nature of himself bathed in this corruptive light here is the dark overlord. I just, I didn't, I just heard you're doubling down on. And also, can we note that like, that's kind of like a dark intention day day. That's like a, we'll see what happens when you're yes. influenced by the dark. No, overlord no. That's suppressed. No, that energy gets flowed mm -hmm. to like, yeah. you know, the cohorts on the party. So no. what I'm trying to do is get you to realize the truth so that you can control that nature no. of yours and, and resurrect the darkness no. elsewhere. You know? what friends do, right? They support each other in their endeavors. And we're supporting you in your endeavor. Of this is not my endeavor. No, this is not my endeavor. And you all are trying to make it my endeavor. And I don't want it. Okay. But if it does happen, it's only your, your, it's your all's fault, right? It's literally like mind control, dark. I mean, Daedalus, you sound like you're making up your own magic system or something with how that corruption works. I don't know yeah, how that's... You know, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I mean, <laughs> I'm not the one. I mean, I'm, I'm looking who I'm bathed in. I'm bathed in the happiness and the love of the New Year's Goblin. You are, you, sir, are bathed in the dark light. So I'm just, Mm. I'm just trying to like show you mm. the contrast here. It's, it's a question of contrast. It, just, just to clarify, it's dark light, not black light. They're two different things. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Well, there's no black lights here. This isn't dark light. It's just literally normal ass red lights, right? RBG red lights. It's because it's, it's soothing to my eyes. Okay. When I'm in a room, I have a lot of like blue light and a lot of light sensitivity. And it just makes I'm just life gonna easier. Make, I'm going to make one more comment here. No. You know what the most <laughs> yeah. soothing no. color 
in no. terms of light is. Oh no, don't do this. I know green and blue, it's but not, that's... it's not red. No, it's green. Oh so no! If you're trying to soothe your eyes, see. <laughs> if you're trying to feed the darkness in your soul, then I totally get how the red is is comforting you right, right now. I totally mm. get it. Maybe maybe the reason. Never mind. Okay, actually, because I just feel like that's gonna like yeah, kick I, me in the I'm kicking of... off. You know, I'm one of the few mm. people that's actually hitting on his New Year's resolution on day one. Mm-hmm, that's dude. how committed I am right now, people. I don't really that's understand the, you know, <laughs> I don't know a whole lot of a difference. There's an undertone of red. I can't change that one with the remote right now, though. <laughs> I exactly. Can't. You can't change your nature, my friend. No, it's not nature. It's just simple lighting. And I'm, I got my bum in a in a chair and I can't be getting up in the middle of this show. People don't, people don't want to know about this, like, non sense about dark lord stuff people just don't that's not what they're here for right they're not here to talk about this like just get on to talking about asha like it, it, armored cell what you been up to man you know hopefully not any of this ridiculous stuff comes from you like it with them um, um you, yeah, not a lot um yeah? oh. but once once again yeah. christmas was good um christmas was spending time with family uh new year's i'm too old for staying up late for that like that so I went to my friend's place for like a bit of barbecue sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was fun. A uh, little one's only free, so he, we had to go to sleep a bit earlier. So mm-hmm. I was just playing Rust at like, <laughs> playing Rust at midnight for celebrating years. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just what I do. But yeah. man, someone, someone tried to raid me in, on Christmas Day. I mean, like out of all the days you raid, try and raid my base. Christmas that, Day. Is it possible? Like free- is it possible that they were trying to like, you know, show, spread some holiday cheer. Oh, that they they, they they were cheering away when I logged in because they, they they stopped the raid halfway through. They didn't even want to fight back. It's like, come on, I want an online raid, and it's like start running off. I was like, come on. So I repaired wow. the base. My mum was here. It's like, hang on, mum, let's go to fix up the base, and then I'll come have lunch. I don't know who y'all are raiding Armored Cell, but y'all sound scared. You sound like you don't want a face-to-face confrontation. You sound like you're only willing to raid somebody when the back's turned, you pansies, you cowards. Get some. That's that's a lot of the Rust players, to be honest. You Rust players. Spineless Rust players. That's right. Get at me. And I'm going to probably get, like, stream snipe like crazy now, huh? It's it's fine. It's whatever. I signed up for that. Speaking of like uh, the uh, leave me alone for Christmas, like I could sort of give you for Christmas. Like, like we we are all busy then. It's not yeah. it's not like you abandoning us this time. So there's no giant plushie coming for that that event. But, um, <laughs> I know, but, uh, he, I, but I'm um, seeing people talking about wanting a sim plushie in chat. I don't really know how to feel about that. Should we do a giveaway for that? Maybe no, you know? no, that's not. No, we shouldn't do that. No, it's cool. Nobody wants I mean, that. I'll, I'll as long it. as the no, she is life size, then it would be <laughs> body pillows. Then I'm. Then I'd be like, I'd be really like, I'd be like, you know, a plushie on your shelf is like one thing, but I don't know how I feel about the fact that like you're sleeping with me at night. You know what I'm saying? Like you got not me, but like a pillow of me. It is that no no um, I won't put you in the bed, I'll put you in the corner just watching me while I sleep. Is that better or not? Oh my god, that sounds so creepy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up and there were eyes staring at me just like when I went to sleep. No, that, that's oh. that's do body pillows though. So uh <laughs> turn over. <laughs> Sam, how are you? Oh, oh no. 
I'll fund it for you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll purchase it, I, and then you can do the whole giveaway thing. I, and... I do not give my consent to a body pillow. I just want to put that out there now. I never will. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, Davis is like, oh, man, it's too late. I can already oh. see it, Davis. Davis has already ordered it. No, there's already somebody else that I have as a candidate for a body pillow, and it's not Sim. Ooh, who is it? Ooh, who is it? Who is your body pillow friend? You gonna share them on 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 the show? No, I'm not gonna share on live in in living color. Sorry. In living color. All right, slide into my DMs, homie. I'm just out of curiosity. I won't share it without your consent. Um, but I'm hoping that you'll let me talk about it at some point. No. <laughs> oh, okay. That's unfortunate. Damn, that's a bummer, isn't it? Well, I tried everybody at least twice. So far, I'll try a third time at some point. Maybe when he's liquored up real good. Yeah. Anyway, gentlemen, everybody, I'm glad y'all could catch us live. Real talk, man. It's uh, 2023 is here. And it real talk, it's like, man, 2022 went so fast. I feel like I just feel like the year just blew by. But man, we have had a lot of episodes this past year. And I'm really happy about this one. One of my goals for 2022 was to gain another Pathfinder member who could be a part of the show, occasionally at least. And here we are. We got Armored Cell. Right? Armored Cell is one of the handful of Pathfinders that you all, you know, pretty regularly see joining us, joining us on the show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm now on the payroll of the cult. It's great. I'm okay. it. No, no, no. No, there's no cult. There's no payroll, right? In Blood What? Huh? It really did. It it did. It went by quick, y'all. And I got to say, with some of the things in the dev stream, it did get me thinking. I know that the developer stream was primarily interviews with Intrepid staff. We didn't get a studio tour, but it was still like it felt like a pretty wholesome vibe, generally speaking. Now, we're going to hit on some of our takeaways, and then we are going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the specifics in each of the little interview uh, scenarios that we were able to watch and kind of like hit on each one, but we'll kind of like loosely hit on the things that stood out to us the most now. And then, um, yeah, it's not going to be a very big show today because there's not like a ton of stuff there in regard to the developer live stream to uh, elaborate on, to evaluate, but that's all fine and dandy. We're getting our feet sort of grounded moving into this year now we're going to have some things in the agenda that aren't really going to be super tied into development uh developer live stream stuff we usually get like two to three weeks of stuff and things to talk about with like one free week this month we're going to get a lot of like free weeks in general we're probably going to get about three shows worth coming up that are just hitting on all kinds of different things and i've got a few um discussions i think are going to be good we haven't really talked about in a while um or we don't see the community talking about too too much and uh there are things we hit on but i guess gentlemen for you individually generally speaking as as you looked at like the developer live stream and knowing that really it wasn't so much about the development of the game as much as it was uh about the people behind the game the faces of vera if you will um what were some of the biggest takeaways for you maybe there were specific uh, development things that stood out that you want to chime in on because there certainly w- were those trickled in in each of the interviews, but in no particular order, feel free to jump in on your uh, your things. Well, there was one thing that wasn't necessarily directly re- related to the devs interviews that they did, but something they talked about. I'm sure most people were like tuning it out because it was more 
I would say administrative or something of that nature, but there was something that um, Stephen and and Margaret mentioned around the fact that they had this leadership like meeting where they mm. kind of were talking about like how the company was like you know progressing in terms of their like you know leadership style and so on. And one of the things that really stood out to me was something that they said about that. Um, and I watched it again today uh, just to kind of reinforce that point and like how much it resonated with me. But it was the fact that they had a, a company where without like necessarily talking amongst their themselves, one of their exercises to really talk about like the vision and their priorities and the camaraderie and so on. And the person that actually was leading their session said that they were more buttoned up than most of like the major companies they dealt with in terms of leaders, in terms of a single vision. And that stood out to me. It's something we, I mean, it's not new, right? It's something we've been talking about off and on, but it was really good to see like from an outside perspective, somebody's really noticing that. Because I know when we get like into it, we've been following the game, most of us, you know, from the inception, right? So we're kind of already aware of this, but it's just the fact that they have that out there and they're still continuing to be aligned. I think there was that. Um, and then just doubling down on like, you know, Maggie recalling her interview process and how mm -hmm. she wasn't really sure about working for Intrepid until she talked to Steven and Steven was talking about like the fact that, you know, he's a gamer and he wants to make a game for gamers. And that isn't really... You know, when we think of overlords now in this scenario, right, I think of corporate overlords that all they care about is like what's going to make the most money, not necessarily what's going to be the best quality product. Because the, the reality is it, it's, it's important to distinguish the fact that if you have a good product, you're going to make money. You don't need to kind of do all this shady crap mm -hmm. to make money. If you make a good product, regardless of what the price point is, right, people are going to gravitate towards it. I mean, how many games this past year or two have proven that? Like indie stuff, small yeah. teams, not like a big co corporate overlord mm -hmm. vibe that are making money hand over fist so much so that they can't keep up and they're kind of having to like rejigger what they're doing in order to ensure they maintain quality, but also give people what they're looking for in terms of an experience. So that was one thing that I think stood out to me um, the most out of all of this. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, it was fun just to see like all the different dev teams uh, and like be able to kind of get their take on it. And it was actually kind of funny. Like I was just counting like how many times Steven trolled, like he would make like comments when they were yeah. getting super like nerdy and technical. He's like, Oh yeah, everybody knows that. And he would, kind of eyeball right the over their head too yeah yeah they were like oh but hey you know you know caniculator valve and the kniffling pin and there he's like yeah <laughs> you need to explain that dude so just keep going but i thought that was fun but again you got a chance to see like how passionate they are and how into the technology they are they're going to 5.1 unreal which was another big takeaway for me and then they started teasing me about the bard and that's when you know that's Ooh. when my will to live <laughs> was like, oh no, but don't do that to me. But we did get we did get some good leaks. So I I guess uh next month or I guess now it's this month, right? Technically, yeah, this right? Month, this month we're supposed to we're supposed to get something about the tanks. And, and mm. one other thing 
they talked about the season changes and there's actually going to be eight variations of seasons instead of four. It's like, oh, so that's how uh-huh. they're solving the problem that we yeah. keep talking about. Right. But anyway, yeah, there's there was so much in this stream that I could call out, but um, I'll I'll stop rambling and hand it back over to Armored Cell. Well, just to reiterate what you're saying, like um, with people um, with the whole AAA scenario, like if look look at the um, like all the indie games, for example, like uh, Dark and Darker, Valheim, uh, Among Us, Four Guys, like all these small indie teams yeah. are making like better games than AAA um, like AAA companies. True, like because they're making fun games, not just like. Like dark and darker. That's I feel like stick up. They're going to be new Valheim at this point. Like not like not as in like the new like uh, Valheim game. Talking like the new game that everyone can just jump into and have fun. Mm-hmm. Like I've played it and I've enjoyed it. Like yes, the graphics aren't. It looks reminiscent of an old retro game, mm-hmm. but it is really really fun. And it's because they're making a fun game that I want to play it, not because it's from a AAA company. Yeah. A lot of these AAA games, uh, like, got battle passes, have got, like, in, in, uh, in-store, like, uh, skin uh, shops, uh, all these packs and stuff. And it's like, you don't need that. Just make a good, fun game, and people will come. Um, like, I completely agree with what Dadless was saying. Like, it's not about, um, like, if you don't want to make money, just make a good game, and it will happen. Like, it, and with um, the whole, like, the whole leadership thing i completely agree like this is probably why steven's sort of doing the interview process as he is because he's trying to build a culture within the company yeah like a healthy culture right you've heard, always heard about like toxic uh cultures yeah. within companies but if you can if you can get from the build like a good foundation of like a solid uh like mindset almost where everyone's yeah. on the same page everyone's likes the same things like everyone's diverse, right? So you're not you're not always have to like this, all the same things, but at least you're on the same page on right. majority of the stuff, right? Like you're not in it for well, money's one thing, right? But you also got to have the passion and drive to do your job, right? And I feel like that's what he's really trying for. So you're not a lot of people are like if you go to work and you're having fun, it's not work. And I feel like that's yeah. what the sort of culture he's trying to build. Because if you looked at every single one of those interviews, every single one of them was super passionate. Yeah. From like the people going out into the, um, into like different uh, uh, states to, go, to take like uh, background noises for certain things. Oh, or, right. Yeah, I love that. Um, or someone talking to their family members like, hey, can you um, get me some information about this location? It could like I feel it was like Wales or something. I can't yeah. remember. Sending pictures from like the UK or whatever, yeah, to yeah. As a frame of reference for uh environment in the game, yeah. Like I feel like those sort of things are like going above and beyond their job. And they're, they're willing to and they're they're really passionate about it. Like as you said, like mm. uh Stephen was like, Hey, I understand you you know, you're saying all these uh jargon, but you need to make mm-hmm. it plain English for the, for the viewers because they don't understand. But they're just like rambling off because they're really, really getting into what they're talking about. And that's just really refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that I I was really excited for, right, is uh, the, so the environment team with the, um, so I've had on this like before, right, where if we cut down all the trees, maybe treants will come. 
and they yeah. mentioned that on the stream. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Mentioned the I world boss specifically yes. too. Yes, I said that too. Yeah. I said that too. That was like our last one, wasn't it? Wasn't that like one of our wasn't that our last show? I feel like that was our last show too. I feel pretty confident. Yeah, we we talked about yeah, that and we sure. yeah, we were like, what if that because you sent me the picture, right? And we like yeah. shared it and we like talked about it. And then seeing that on the stream, I was like, oh my God, we just like, we were all chatting about that. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel like, see, once again, I feel like I'm on the same page with Stephen. Me and Stephen are on the same wavelength. <laughs> I, I feel I, I, I feel like we're like uh, kindred spirits almost. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that I would probably feel that way too if I praised his picture and sandal behind me every day. I mean, in front of me when I... Hey, if you got if, if you got a sandal to give away, man, I'll I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> I've, I've got no I've got no uh, memorabilia that's no. owned by Stephen yet. No, I'm sorry. I've only I've only got the two tabletop games that he signed from that I that two. Um, I, um, I I got the Gloomhaven one. Yeah, the Gloomhaven, and then there's yeah. the uh, the World of Warcraft uh, it, tiny version, whatever I forget what it's called. But yeah, I got both of those from him signed. Yeah. Just like yeah, I haven't even mentioned... opened them either. They're just like literally sitting there, and I'm like, "What the fuck do I do with this?" Like, <laughs> oh, don't open them. But Gloomhaven is such a good game. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I mean, they're um, already technically they both are opened. He signed like on the boxes. Ah. Uh, yeah. 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 Pretty crazy. It. Anyway, they're there. I, I think one of these days I'm just gonna like give them away or something. Actually, like yeah. diehard fans, like people that have colds after them or something. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. <laughs> oh my. Oh my God! What just happened there? What was that? What was that moment, Armitzel? Nothing. <laughs> what Nothing. was that noise? Oh my God! <laughs> that was so ridiculous, dude. Oh God! Yeah, they also mentioned that. Um, so like, yes, cutting down trees will bring up the treants, but just because the treants come and attack you doesn't mean it's a a, a bad thing. Like right. it might bring bring new things so not everything's black and white i'm like exactly not everything's black and white they it's right. like the ancients aren't necessarily evil not everything's black and white like oh my god go, look at how you latch on to those like breadcrumbs that you can try to mold and to to work in your to fit your narrative that you've been basically trying to make real since like 2020 and i'm nearly i'm nearly at the I've got enough crumbs to make nearly a slice of bread at this point. Like, <laughs> slice of bread. I'm like slightly like squashing back together like a, like a puzzle, like a puzzle. Uh, like, every little crumb. I'm nearly got a slice of bread, and then I make a big loaf. And so I've got a loaf. Then you can't deny that the ancients are just misunderstood children. Yeah, like all of us. If you don't get yeah, the no. bread bread loaf with sandal packaging, it's not real. I'm just I'm saying you got to find the packaging too. Otherwise, the bread's a, a lie. Like the kicks the line while you know what I'm saying? Uh, anybody? No? Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think they, in the, oh, I'm not going to go too far into it, but I'm pretty sure. sure on the stream, I feel like there was like maybe five different hints to live streams. I think I counted. Yeah, he, he did make off. references to past live streams a lot, didn't he? I got past mm -hmm. live streams, like future live streams. True, too. Yeah, he did. He did. He did do that, too. Yeah. I won't or, go too far into that, but. Man. Uh, I think I'm going to double down on, on like what you were saying for me. I think the big thing was um, obviously like you get to, it's one thing when we see them up there and they do their developer live stream every month. And it's another when you, when you sort of like see the people that they're talking about sometimes that you never see the face of, 
like unless they're on their D&D campaign during a charity live stream for like the Rady's Children's Hospital or something like we don't always get to see the people that they mention a lot of the times. And we actually got to hear like the people we hear about that they're like, oh, this person's really great, you know, on this team or whatever. We got to see some of the faces. And um, but more importantly, we got to see the passion behind the people working on the project. And yeah, it was just really cool to see just how enthusiastic they all were, how they nerded out about things. I mean, what they were drawing like influence from and and what they were doing and how they were coming up with their ideas. Um, Yeah, definitely. uh, Yeah, it was really, it was wholesome. It was wholesome. It was a really good vibe. And, and it was nice to like see some of the faces behind the team because um, we haven't really had that. I mean, really, I, I feel like in that display for that live stream, I feel like we saw more people um, that work at the studio that we than we've seen. And I think it also helps to sort of um, really reinforce that the the team is growing and Ooh. there are new people that are there and there's new people working on different aspects and yeah, and we got to see some of those faces on the different teams. It was just awesome. Um, so it may not have been a big show live stream in terms of development, but I think that was a really epic way to end the year for them. Um, it was the first time we got something like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got to mention something, and this is a challenge to anybody who's here. I'm really glad I just remembered this during one of the discussions. And I want to say it was the gathering discussion. I could be wrong. I think so but I could be wrong, but it was one of them. There was a chalkboard in the background with all kinds of stuff written on it. I challenge anyone here to get me a really good version of that board that was behind them. Cause there was stuff written all over that thing. And we're all going, we need to data mine that we need somebody to go in there, take it, like zoom in on it. Like make sure you can focus in. Let's see if we can find out what's back there because that could have been breadcrumbs. Um, but people were yeah. like, when we did the watch party, uh, people were just like, yo, we got to figure out what what's going on back there because they've written all over that thing. Watch it just be like, you know, recipe for like, you know, pumpkin bread or some shit, right? Like, and you're just like, yeah, it, troll people. That would be the ultimate troll. That I wouldn't would put be past even doing I w- that. I wouldn't Ooh. either, you know, or like instructions on how to make a brown sandal or something. I don't know. He was wearing fluffy ones though for the the videos. So yeah, a lot of throwbacks to the old PAX footage too. I saw when I did the the videos. That was nice at the end there. It was really cool. Yeah. But okay, so we've got the development live stream outline. Shout out to our homie Skylark the botanist, who as always got that up to got that up there there for us the day of. We got it posted. Um and I've been MIA for like the past week and a half, basically since that about the time that ended, I last week, all the last week I was just gone. I mean, I was barely on discord. If you were like, but you were posting videos. Nope. Them shits were scheduled a week prior. I didn't do any work. I didn't do anything. It was all done. It was automated. I was gone and completely checked out. And as usual, it's really good to sort of like recharge. I usually do one, one in the summer and one in the, in the winter like that. So we've got some fun things planned this coming year that I'm pretty stoked to share with everybody. But for now, I'm going to keep that close to the chest, share it when the time comes. Friends, let's talk a little bit more specifically about some of the things that were actually shared by the development team. So they talked about cosmetics are swapping over January 11th. Um, they, as usual, did the spotlight on YouTube comments. And the engineering team 
which was the first interview they did. This one I thought was interesting. It was really good because they hit on uh, the character creator multiple times and that they've been doing a lot of R&D around that and the functionality of being able to have like just basically like the best that they can come up with. There's what I took away from the engineering talk. One of the points I took away was just how much prototyping they do. And I feel that that's not just reflective of the engineering team. Um, Now, I think in terms of like where people might sit on being concerned about the fact that prototyping versus maybe feeling reinforced and like uh, reassured in the fact that they're doing that. I don't know. They did talk about, uh, you know, uh, making the move to 5.1 for your Unreal Engine soon. Um, One thing I thought about was that with that was what's that process going to look like when the game is live and they've got to update, like how, how long would the, would it be down? Right. That's like one of the things I wonder about with this game, because um, an MMORPG is a huge game. Right. And this is not a custom engine. They're not trying to do what <laughs> Camelot Unchained is trying to do. Mark Jacobs. Good luck, uh-huh. homie. Slap in the face with baby powder on that guy. Man, I'm telling you. Ridiculous. That's a that's a topic for another uh, show. Yeah. In fact, what's that show called? We do it on Thursdays, Daedalus. Um, looking for I, more? It might be called looking for more because you right. know, in some cases, some developers are looking for more baby powder to the face. It's <laughs> well played right there, man. Yes, yes, and we that's a, that's a topic for that show, so we'll save it for then. But um, I'm sorry, man. UE5 is going to be killing it. Okay, you got too many different companies, and one thing that I heard them talking about was the epic team there it is again and when i hear them talking about the epic team helping them do things that again reinforces this like idea that i've had for a very long time i am convinced at this point that ash as a creation is going to be the flagship mmo for unreal engine oh yeah that's that's I, i at this point i am convinced that ash as a creation is going to be it's going to be the, the the MMORPG that goes and shows you, like, look what Unreal Engine can do. I, I feel like they've, um, like, you know, when they started talking, like, like when they started moving to mm-hmm. Unreal 5, like, they're really talking with um, mm-hmm. Unreal, like, trying to get, like, help and vice versa. Uh, ever since then, have you noticed that all the, um, like, the trailers and stuff always have Unreal on it now? Like, it's, like, it's always, yeah. like, up, up in the corner, it's like, it's like it's almost like a partnership sort of thing, and I feel like that might be some p- part of the agreement. But I feel like this is how invested that Unreal wants to be in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been like, doing it, that for a long time too. So it's like that's I feel like, yeah. I feel like they're gonna be like Ashes is gonna be like the poster child for yep. hey, this is what we can do. Yeah, this is like if you want like their their, their contracts for Unreal Engine Five are pretty good too. Like unless you earn like a large amount, you don't have to pay anything. Yeah, it's like up to a million, and even even yeah. after that, for for something big, it's it's a it's not a massive cut out of overall profits in you know yeah. comparison to the grand scheme of things. So, plus you're moving the genre forward. I think that's the other thing too, right? Is you want to make as you know, in order to be strong as a company, you need to make good choices. You need to make strong partnerships. Yeah. And you, you need to be able to, in this case, like move the genre forward. And that's from like day one, what Steven wanted to do is he's like, I'm not, 
I'm going to learn from all these other like failed attempts or, you know, issues that I've seen in the past. And I want to focus on creating something better, something not necessarily new, but something elevated from the experience, mm -hmm. what the experience was. And ultimately idealize like what would be the ideal experience he wants to deliver that mm -hmm. and and the fact that he's making partnerships like and not necessarily again like you talked about like jacobs and the whole like camelot unchained engine thing you can clearly see from that all he cares about is yeah the engine he doesn't care about creating a good experience for players as much right i mean that might be a component there right that, that might be what's being said to the public but ultimately it's like he's in the business of making money and i don't necessarily like fault anyone for wanting to make money but that should be a secondary focus when you're ever you're creating something that requires like a customer interface at any right. point because you're not going to be successful if you're just focusing on what's going to cost me the least and make me the most. There's mm. always going to be like that is going to overtake the customer experience and all the stuff that I've like heard and read over the years. When you have an experience that focuses on a customer, yeah. like within reason, right? There's some expectations that are just, you know, not feasible. But yeah. if you focus on like a realistic positive customer experience you're going to get people every time mm -hmm. and that's what i keep like whenever i like see all these other developers and the choices they're making versus what i'm seeing intrepid doing right now it's 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 very different right there's maybe a handful of developers that i think are still on the right path but very rarely do we see that nowadays it's more about like what's the bottom dollar going to make me and and it's and ultimately you're not in those cases, right? The people that are steering the ship aren't gamers, right? They're business people. Exactly. Yeah. People wearing that 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 corporate hat, man. I'm telling you. Um yeah. You know, the the one of the things when I I was thinking back to from an engineering perspective when uh, Armored Cell was talking about how like people were going out to get things and we'll talk about this a little bit more because this isn't so much an engineering discussion as like a couple of the other teams i talked to but one point I, I was thinking about too is like i don't know if you all are aware of this but epic games has an app now that's available on your phone and you literally can scan an object and you go scan like a three-dimensional real world object you can scan that and they'll turn and that app can turn that into an in-game asset for you are you no, aware okay. of that mm -hmm. real yeah. talk yeah, that was something that they were talking about, boasting about uh, six months ago. And it was like in development, they were working on it. And it's apparently like the beta is out for it now. I don't know if it's like, I don't know exactly what the limitations are, but it's literally a, I can go up to a chair, scan around that thing, right? Get the full scan to where the app is like, yep, good, we got it. And it will take that and turn that into a damn asset in the game. Yep, real talk. So that is like insane that you've got... Um, you know, Unreal Engine capable of doing that. So when I was like thinking about, uh, you know, just just quite literally going to like uh, the UK or going, and, uh, you know, scanning assets, it's like, well, just because you scan it doesn't mean it's got to be that exact same model, right? You can manipulate anything in Unreal. So 
it's going to be curious to see how how much real world reference they pull from and then manipulate to create potentially brand new, completely unique um, environment assets, uh, not just, you know, for launch, but like for the future. Um, so that's like super cool. Um, they also were talking in the engineering uh, discussion, right? This one was interesting, right? So the engineering benefits of UE5 include the finer control of the map in order to separate objects, increase the client in densely populated areas with objects. The feasibility of large-scale dungeons is improved. Files can be saved as individual actors, giving multiple people the ability to work on the same level simultaneously. This is something that was um, already there with UE5, but the to kind of iterate upon this and kind of explain this a little bit more is that they had some adjustments recently that had to do with world building in Unreal Engine. And uh, that component that has been there in UE5 is actually continuing to be improved upon. And what that translates into for Ash as a creation is, is more efficiency in having many people working on the same thing and getting it done quicker. And this was one of the main limitations we had in UE4. Literally, UE4 is like, you can't work on it at the same time. In fact, you got to be logged in to work on it to make your changes, log out. The other person's got to log in to make their changes. And when you're in there, nobody can mess with that, that, you know, module, right? So that was a huge limitation. Um, I didn't even realize that that was like a, a limitation that they had in UE4. Um, so when I heard that was going to be an, uh, a component that UE5 was going to remedy, I was like, yeah, I don't know that uh, Ashes would have, um, how can I put this? I don't think I would have felt too good about Ashes needing to be updated in the future without more of an efficient uh, remedy for that problem that UE4 would have had. So it was really good to hear about that. Um, yeah, the fact yeah. that this upgrade also allowed them to like expand the size of the world too. Right? Yeah. They mm -hmm. wouldn't have done that without UE5 coming in. Mm -hmm. um, and that was also, you know, a pretty significant mm -hmm. thing that they did. Again, making smart decisions, thinking about, five 10 15 years down the future versus like getting something out there just to make a buck um i think that's that foresight is going to serve them well if they continue along that trend yeah yeah it's also in chat like i i agree with that like i'd love to see like after this has been released like after the after the alphas and betas are like i'd like to see what their timeline was before mm. they went to out uh, went to Unreal 5, mm. and then what they did in Unreal 5, and see what the comparison was. I know. Like, I think that'd be, I, I'd love to see like all these little tidbits that they could show after the release. Be like, okay, we've released it now. Here's things that you didn't see, and these are why we didn't show them until, you know, like uh, looking back sort of scenario. Yeah, that would be very interesting, wouldn't it? To see like, well, this is how, this is how much this improved or changed uh, sort of like the roadmap along the way. You're almost like a time, like imagine yeah. like seeing a timeline of like the ranger or the road be like, okay, this is the first iteration, the second iteration, like, and then this is what we got now. Man, like, in, we, we know that the tanks coming out in January, like they're going to show us the tank again. I'm, I'm genuinely curious how much is different, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I am because at this point it's like here's the cleric. Okay, it's we've seen the cleric how many times now? I'm not I'm not saying like it isn't important to see it. I'm saying we're not seeing we're seeing iterations upon this is the this class will have now be uh, will now have a showcase for the third time, right? And we haven't gotten summoners or bards or any of those yet. So I, I still think it's important because there absolutely were things about the tank that I'm like, mm, kind of maybe I'm hoping that we don't see some of those things that we saw in Alpha 1 there or maybe just changes to it. I mean, we didn't get the whip. We didn't get that, right? No succubus action going on. Man. Castigation, maybe. Castigation, dude. I like every, how every castigation time. works, but what what armored cell? Let's hear every it. Every time you... Every time you bring up the cat, every time he's like, "Oh man, that, that castigation spell was just gone," and it's like, "Why keep bringing it up, man? What, 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 why, why do you keep bringing it up? Do you want it back?" Defensive loss. Oh, we don't need Wonder Woman skills. That's what I'm saying. Like for cleric, that's all I'm saying. Okay, and and I also, kind of feel like there's a little bit of sadness every time you bring up that you didn't yeah. see the whip spell. I'm just not yeah. gonna lie. No, there's not. There's not. Okay. I don't, I don't, I like castigation as a skill. I don't like the visual reference for it. Okay. And I'm not, you're full of it. It's not, you're wrong. That's all there is. You're wrong. Okay. And shame on you for thinking it. Absolutely ridiculous. Now I don't even know well, where I was going with this conversation. Okay, I mean, well, you we were talking about the tank, and you were like, this is going to be, you. you know, multiple iterations. And so I kind of want to make a comment on that. Because okay. one of the things that I think is important to temper expectations yeah. as we start seeing these showcases, right? This is mm -hmm. a rapid prototype process. And rapid prototype means you're probably going to fail more times than you're su going to succeed in the sense that you're not going to make everybody happy. And I don't think that's yeah. the intent. You want to get the best version of whatever, but you're also giving an opportunity for feedback. So I would maybe just make a point of saying that like, as you, like we're watching this, I know I'm going to temper expectations. Absolutely. It's not going to be perfect right out of the gate. We should nah. give feedback, yep. constructive feedback about it. Not this game sucks. It's the next star citizen, blah, blah, blah. And let's move on. Ooh. Right. I've I've heard comments like that, and that just I'm sorry that just steams me to no end. Yeah. Because again, it's we're getting into a process, right? That is iterative, and you learn as much from your failures as you do your successes, and that's what testing is for. So that's you know I mean like even the cleric, right? I saw playing the cleric pretty heavily in Alpha One. Yeah. I really liked what changes they did. It just felt much more active than it was i liked the changes of the animation so clearly they're yeah. taking steps forward right but it's not going to be perfect out of the gate and that's something that i think it's important to realize and and that there is a lot of work that goes to, in each classes like as much as i'm like wanting more bard and frankly even though i'm not necessarily as keen to play it i do want people that are keen on playing it to know more about the summoner but there is a lot to really make a character sorry an archetype correctly or mm. you know completely in an mmo it's something that other big names out there have failed miserably at because they didn't know what the hell they were wanting to do with the class you know read that blizzard game so in paladins um so in that case, right, I really want them to nail the class fantasy 
nail the identity, nail the role, especially for these yeah. non-healing support types, right. so that they can get something out there that they are even in that first iteration. You know, there's going to be things that they're going to be really proud of, and things they want feedback on to say, "Hey, we we're trying something, so on." But we want to be able to know if this is the right path, and we want to adjust it. Yeah. And I like the fact that they were really excited to and i'm not gonna say that they quoted like something that i said in one of my articles but it made me feel good that they referenced the same thought that i had in one of my articles because they felt like these non-healing support classes you know summoner and bard specifically didn't really get the right level of attention in other games that alone was a comment to make me like really think okay well, they're taking their time. They really want to do this right. And I'm right. My, as much as I like wanted to get it, you know, get playing it now, I realize that they're they're trying to do the best job they can because these other classes just fell short in other games. Right. It definitely feels good when you're like it feels like you're on the same page as the devs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I, I was that's why I was mentioning with the tree and some stuff, right? Right, yeah, exactly. I mean God, man. I mean, when we see these devs up there talking to, I just, God, I just feel like we're like, I feel like they're, they're really, they, in a lot of ways, not maybe not everything, but I feel like generally they all have a pretty strong consensus on like having a level of awareness around the things that I feel have been problematic for the genre for a long time. You know, I think probably even especially in regard to the fact of like what what causes something to not really be very fun or rewarding um and it seems like there's a lot of attention to that that specific detail not to say there isn't others um but that to me is like the one that i always feel just isn't really focused on as much as it needs to be you know so oh this was good now don't i'm not saying this is like for sure going to happen. But anybody else catch that bit when the engineering team was talking? They said the character creator will integrate the gameplay in real time. Character progression will also influence character creator like reputation based tattoos or scars. Being yes. able to, like, maybe, I don't know, go into a Dunier node and get a Dunier tattoo. What are we talking about? Dunier freaking. Are we talking about tattoo parlors in the game? I'm not saying that's what we're actually getting. I'm just saying that's not sort of what that sounds like. Yeah, that and the fact that events could unlock cosmetics too. Like, hey, I fought this dragon, and there's these going to be these big claw marks on my face, right? Or there's going to be a piece of my. Never mind. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Something got bit. Uh oh. (laughs) Some got bit, and it's like you know, it's it's not only totally symmetrical anymore. (laughs) Or you became friends with the ancients, and you got like tattoos from the ancients. Yeah, exactly. 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 Some, you know, yeah, exactly. I would say like Armored Cell's like, yeah, maybe I got branded by the ancients. Oh, gonna have an ancient brand, right? That would that would be fantastic. And I, one thing that actually made me think of too, that whole scanning thing you were talking about, Epic Games. I hope they allow that somehow and figure this out. So devs hear me. I mean, you know, this is maybe a little scope creep, but it'd be really cool if you could scan people's faces and then allow it to actually like import that into a model in game i think that would be fantastic or at least try and use like the, the sliders to try and do it this best to make that so that way yeah you know, what the approximation yeah i would love to see something like that if they can do that epic can do that in the app 
I would love to see something to be able to do that. Not only that, but also, um, and it'll give you an ability. And I think they were hinting at um, an ability to do the same thing, like with the animals. And I'm assuming they were talking about animal husbandry. They said they were still kind of workshopping it, but that would be great if you could like determine like how much of like one like animal you were breeding with another one and what their physical appearance might look like. And like that whole like morph technology that they had, or you could pick three or four different faces and then swap between them. I would love to see that for animal husbandry Ooh, too. Good point. I mean, in addition to like in that parlor, it's like, Hey, now I have access to all this new stuff and wow. I can get all sorts of like tattoos and scars and so on. I would just love that. So if we get some scan, what you're saying is we can all become sim and game. No. Well, I wasn't going there, but you know, it, it's possible if you know that's your thing. You know, you want to do that, and you know, pay homage to the Dark Overlord himself. I'm not a Dark Overlord. I'm not a Dark Overlord. It's not real. It's lies and slander, I tell you. But they. What is your statue going to be on? Wait, because you are going to get no. a statue. Oh yeah, in game, yeah. That's uh. There's a tat. There's a not tattoo. I'm sorry, not tattoo. There's a, a statue in game for people at my tier, yes, uh, and Daedalus's as well. What would yours be of Daedalus? Well, you'll just have to, to find out. But I mean, I wouldn't want to like upstage the Dark Overlord. Oh my you know? God, dude. As, you know, maybe like I could see Sim at the top of a mountain with his hands like outstretched, saying, "This is all mine. It's all mine." upon his stone balded head and it could make it happen maybe you know probably be gold or bronze because you need the shine couldn't do that with this rock i mean yeah dude you know golden shine dude you know a little bit of persian persian oil every day his minions would get the persian oil and yeah they would you know shine the head all you you know all you gotta do all you gotta do man clean fresh shave Six hours, you got a nice, perfect film of of authentic Persian oil, okay? And and it does leave, like, kind of a golden olive shimmer to the head. I, I've learned that if you, the peller you are, the more authentic the light is uh, that reflects off of your head. So, you know, for all of you basement-dwelling gamers, man, this is like your time, you know? is like your opportunity you know anybody no okay it's fine um yeah anyway okay the the character creator man they've talked about actually there was a lot of discussion around that uh you know utilizing that for monsters npcs animal husbandry Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with i really do like your idea too about the you know the different uh what's the word i'm looking for here the um i don't know yeah, the the versions, I don't know what the word is, look, templates that you can create and or pick oh, that you have a variation of three of that you can sort of like use as a sort of create an amalgamation of that and have your like character be like that or let that be your starting point at least. That would be pretty cool uh, to see what happens there. That's the, that's the role play, right? Where you can like, well, not role, like the RP where you can have like, because you, you, you have a family, right? So you can make your NPCs like almost like okay. So these NPCs are related to each other, and you got like this whole yeah. like background sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So one of the references with the environment audio team is uh, the lady was there talking about like going and recording. Literally, the rain in San Diego has been 
they're using that. Like, so they've been going and, you know, recording these actual sounds of the rain in San Diego. And it sounds like that's already something they're using in the game. So that's like freaking awesome. They, um, you know, also, you know, uh, I think it was Tristan who was the one that was talking about um, the, well, you know, the family member in the UK, right? Mom or his mom or something, I think it was sending some stuff back. Um, but that was really cool. And yeah, can we talk about this eight variations of seasons? So instead of four, right, they said there was a lot of different harmonization work required to ensuring that the changes won't be too abrupt in regard to the season. So instead of four seasons, there are eight variations of seasons. I actually missed that. Yeah, I, I did too. Some uh, IKEA furniture when I was listening to this. <laughs> And by the way, if y'all didn't know this, Daedalus actually contracts people to build his IKEA furniture. I did not. I've never done that. I said I would like to because that shit's frustrating. Okay. And the Florgan Blorgan, like it's the instructions, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. I end up just winging it. But I always use all the nuts and screws so things are stable. So wait, know that. Wait, so they're stable. So if you find any extra, you find a place to put them? No, I will. I will find <laughs> put them. <laughs> will. Just to make sure everything's stable. I mean, uh, I, if there's oh missing God, parts, dude. I've done something wrong. Or there's like there's parts still available. I've done something wrong. Clearly, he just gets the power drill and puts it anywhere. Just look. Sometimes yeah, they give exactly. you extra parts. Some places do not all. They give you extra. You know, in yeah, case you need extra screw or I, whatever. IKEA doesn't trust me because mm. there's been missing parts and yeah. That, oh no. That doesn't end well. But but you heard it here. Daedalus would like to hire a team for his IKEA furniture in the future. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, I'd like to hire somebody <laughs> if like, I ever have to go into IKEA again to do the shopping because oh that shit's just frustrating. He's like, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trust me, y'all are probably are thinking you're judging me right now. But you know, when push comes to shove, you're gonna be in IKEA. I'm like, Daddy Day Day was right. Uh, Daddy Day Day was right. You do I, I, it too. I swear, like, IKEA actually, like, the walls oh. change, like a moving labyrinth. So, like, you, you think you've gone to the exit, and somehow you just, like, come back to the entrance. Oh, man, dude. I'm sure that, like, the David Bowie's character from Labyrinth actually oh, God, designed dude. IKEA. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's so good. I, I'll probably lost my dad that at that Harry Potter maze that, like, oh, all of a sudden... Yeah, that it's more. It's more like the Harry Potter movie. Yeah, because you're like, where am I? You're trying to kill. All me. I see is Swedish meatballs and couches. Oh my god! <laughs> Swedish meatballs and couches, man. What's, why is why does it seem like the the aisle changes so drastically and what's being offered? I don't really understand what's going on here. <laughs> the Harry Potter maze, motherfucker. You know what I mean? You're like Jesus Christ. Okay, bushes are trying to get me. I guess. Um, yeah, I am curious about the eight seasons, though, right? Because that, I think we talked mm -hmm. about that. That seems like that could potentially resolve some of the concerns people have been having. How do you feel like that would, because I feel like Daedalus, you probably feel like this is like a potential resolution to like that. And they even talked about it here, right? That sense of like it being too abrupt, having four seasons maybe in a month. So I'm curious, how do you feel like that could yeah, actually I mean, solve that problem or maybe remedy it a bit? Yeah, I mean, I. Uh... I don't know, like, uh, I think they had mentioned they still want to test it, yeah. but I really think they need to be very careful on how quickly things change, especially if there's mechanics that are dependent upon the seasons. And it was nice to see that they were going variation. So maybe if they're thinking like they want to have four seasons 
in a month. Um, I don't know if that's still like a thing or there's they're saying, okay, well, we'll check the box here. Like this is going to be our starting point and then we'll adjust as needed. But I would prefer that they do like at least a month per like for an entire season to change. Like again, with subject to testing, just because mm-hmm. I feel like trying to do four seasons and now like eight in a month, it just still feels like, as much as the variations are positive, I still want to understand, well, what's the time frame for those eight seasons? Is it still like, are you still looking at a month and then you're going to test it? Or is it longer than that for this variation? It just, it just still feels like, right. And like, honestly, it's like the same thing with the um, day and night cycle. There was some commentary on that. And I, I know they, they, like did it automatically but they were even talking about that and like necessarily being like a shorter time frame to happen i mean mm. i would be totally okay um if they did like some sort of hybrid approach between it like server time being actual time in game like depending on like where you are or it at least being like taking like longer to do that though i think that does limit you in terms of what content you have that only shows up at night um that's just something to think about or at least maybe there's a way you can address that in other ways i just feel like whenever you're trying to like force like a really short time period it just makes the experience less immersive for me uh to be able to see that especially like four seasons in a month i just feel like that's just going to be problematic again on paper i don't know i mean in reality it might be fine but it just feels like you know, especially if you have like things like gatherables or creatures you need to hunt in certain mm-hmm. times of the seasons. Yeah. Um, I I could see why they will maybe want to make that more quick, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm still I'm the jury's still out on what that decision is, and that that's going to need some testing. So I can already I, I'm running from my head. I can think about how it's going to work, right? So um, with the monthly thing, like if you if we do need to extend it to a two monthly thing where it's now extended a bit, if if that's the case and the original plan was okay during the month of the first month in summer you can get, get like maybe let's say ten of this crop right, but if they are extending it to two months since it's twice as long you you still can get the same ten but now it's over two weeks instead of one week which will be yeah. Uh, so you're still getting the same amount. So you're not going to get 20 now. So it's not going to overstimulate the the economy, but it's going to take longer to grow. It's going to take twice as long as crypto grow yeah. because you're taking twice as long for the, for the season. So if they're using the map, like because I've hired someone for the economy, right? They do like all the economy, like, uh, all the uh, mm-hmm. math behind, like making sure like things don't break when you like have too many potatoes in the system or something. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. Um, like you don't overflow flood the market, like they've got economists and stuff. So if they've already done the map and like, okay, so this we've done the map for a single month, maybe it might still work if you can ex- like just half the growing time if you're going to extend the um, seasons by t- two. So I think that could still work. Um, yeah. With the with the eight seasons, I think it's more still four seasons, but the the other four would be like like between the two seasons together. So. Let's say at peak summer, it's now 100% growth for those summer crops. But as you're transitioning to the next season, which I do not know because I don't, I'm not, I can't think. It's like, is it autumn, spring? 
spring. Yeah, autumn, spring, summer. Yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Anyway, when it's transitioning to the next one, it'll be slowly going from 100% to like 95, but now it's like uh, 5% of the other one, and it's like 90, then 10, and, and then slowly transitioning until it goes to the other season. So it's the, the crop's no longer growing yeah. as efficiently as it would because you're growing yeah. out of that season. So I feel like that's probably what they're going to do for the, that transitional period. So uh-huh. in between the two seasons, you can still grow both crops, but the one that's close to life, it's more close to the summer, it's going to be more efficient to grow it as summer crops and as the next season. Um, but as once again, it's with testing, right? So we need to go on there and test like there's one month. I do feel like one month will probably be too quick, but at the same time, they've probably done a lot of like number crunching and all the rest of it be like, okay, if this is going to work for a month, but if it doesn't, mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel fun, we'll still, we'll probably change it, right? If it doesn't feel right, if, it does, if the player feedback is like, hey, this is too quick, um, yeah. or like you don't want to go from like, you don't want, like same as day night, right? You're not going to want to like mm-hmm. at 5 p.m. goes from like bright right. day to like dark night. Like you want that transitional period. Same thing with like seasons. I feel like that's what they're trying to go for. Like you don't want, because that, that sort of breaks it for me. Like if it, like if it goes from all of a sudden, it goes from like uh, bright sunny day to like mm-hmm. snow, no no like they've already talked about how like the snow slowly builds up over time so i feel like that the whole transitional like they're, they're trying to keep your immersion i feel like i feel like that's right. what they're trying to aim for yeah i mean the I transition periods yeah. were i was thinking the same thing dude it was like if the eight is really like you really have four prime seasons but then the transition period is like that additional season then you get your eight so you have four plus the transition in between them that actually makes sense for what you're talking about. But also I wonder too, if you're getting four months, then you're really only getting two of the seasons maybe where, you know, dramatically aware of, like you might just get, oh, I don't know, fall and winter in one month because the transition seasons are sort of there to help with that, that like period change. And then you've got to, it would take four seasons like that we're used to seeing actually a period of eight to fully like sort of play out. And then it's like a two month period. And I think that helps to like resolve some of the concerns people have in regard to like the dramatic change in the world around us all the time. Um, so I think, I think that that actually would be potentially a good fix. But again, I, I agree with both of you when you talk about subject to testing, I mean, until we actually see it, how it plays out for ourselves and we actually have an experience of that, I don't think we're really going to know too sure of where we're gonna where we're gonna land at on that i i certainly am not I'm, i wouldn't be able to to say yay or nay i could say like you know definitely all four of the primary seasons we're used to in a month would be like really fast like that would be like god that'd be quick so yeah if we do eight and it's like spread out over the course of like two months but it looks like four that's gonna probably feel a lot better um, so I'm used to playing Rust, and that's like a monthly cycle, and it that feels fine. But it's not got no seasons in it, right? So it's not going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same type of game either. MMORPG. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think they talked about like events happening to you that might extend. Yeah. So maybe that's how they're solving it. I don't know, but I feel like right now, again, on paper, totally on paper two weeks per season, two weeks of transition between seasons, and then that would be ideal. But again, if you have events that might extend it, so maybe that's that's a possibility uh, of what yeah. they're tuning. 
I just like if four. they have like well yeah, you, I, you would, go. I no no go ahead go ahead on with y'all. So, so if they extend the seasons, do you reckon that overwrites the season or is it going to chuck the seasons out of whack? I think it's going to yeah. overwrite. I think like if I just think of like the most recent cosmetics they had, right? They talked about like the the dragon, right? That yep. has this, you know, power of frost. I would expect that would extend the winter season mm. potentially, right? Until that threat is dealt with. So I expect like they've they've already talked or they've already at least even in Alpha One had like different elemental dragons, right? Mm -hmm. So I could totally see that like knowing that that's honestly something that they put out in their first nodes video, right? Of somehow awakening a dragon, that dragon like doing something to the world. So I think that's how they're potentially planning to solve, I wouldn't say solve the problem, but how they're planning to extend it without really extending it. Yeah. Otherwise, it might be, it might not work with all the pieces and parts. Like, I mean, they have more data than we do right now. So maybe their baseline is they just want to test things out. But that's the way I see they could potentially like make an adjustment, maybe make this dragon like maybe more powerful in certain times of the year so that they can mm-hmm. extend winter because they want people to collect or have an opportunity to collect rare resources or like so on, right? Versus it being like so jarring. I just think that there's so many moving parts in this. It's it's hard to know what the right balance is because you're going to have world events that are going to change things. Yeah. You're going to have crop rotations you're going to need to do. There's going to be certain materials you're going to want to be able to farm depending on what the encounters are. Because I would expect based on what they've talked about with boss mechanics, right? I kind of feel like this is old school MMO where it's like, man, I need my fire resist gear going up against this boss or my frost resist going against this one or my poison resist going against this one. So I'm going to like, you know, well, inventory be damned. I'm probably going to be doing a lot of farming, right? To be able to get these different sets. If I want to do these major encounters, because those are the kind of things that are going to get you that edge and mm-hmm. help you like really succeed is by being thoughtful about how you're approaching a boss fight. And I see that type of thought happening in kind of all these different moving parts, because it's going to be branching depending on what choices the server makes. Right. So there is just a lot here. And so maybe that's the reason why they're like saying, well, the baseline is going to be this type of frequency but Ooh. there's going to be things that are really going to overwrite that. And, you know, by the time that event's over, then we'll have that transition again. If they might have that like week long transition after mm-hmm. a boss dies. Yeah. I think the other thing to keep in mind too, is that like, you know, the bot, like a, a, a ice dragon, for example, or a frost dragon, winter dragon, you know, may not even necessarily have to impact the seasons itself. All they got to do is impact like the elemental, uh, or status effects that are persisting in a zone, like in an area of the world, you know? Right. Uh, so it's like, it's going to be interesting to see, like, I mean, giving giving agency to an NPC uh, or even, you know, maybe even stuff like, you know, cults or religions to, to have an impact on those systems, whether it be via elemental status effects or actually even just completely impacting 
the seasonal change, maybe not in the entire world, but that would be, that would be a trip, man. Cause we think of seasonal changes being a global thing. Um, but when you've got a high fantasy game, depending mm. on how that magic system works and depending on how, what the, the rules and laws are, um, sometimes the seasons are completely dictated in fantasy by the gods. Right. So you could have like years long winter, Versus a year-long winter and in, in a different period of time, so it completely depends on where they where they go with that. But that's super interesting to think about too. Yeah, I, I just thought about how the um like like thematically and like law-wise, mm. how the, the dragons could extend the the seasons, right? Yeah. So let's say you kill the ice dragon, yeah. it's not the, the winter dragon, right? Yeah. As you kill it, it falls to the ground, and its corpse is now irradiating. This, oh, like the winter yeah. energy across the lands, and as 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 long as decomposing, it's like you know what I mean. Same yeah. thing like the, like the autumn one. If you That's do cool. that, and certain things all like trees will start growing yeah. off. Yeah, like that since it's, it's it's on the seat like in its prime in its season, it's now got so much energy from like from the I don't know the environment, the the world yeah. itself is like giving it its. Essence, uh, like my essence, yeah, that'd be cool. It's it's like it's like powered up, and now when you kill it, it's now going to start dropping that uh, winter essence across the land. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. So you see, you see, like this dead corpse of a dragon, like oh, so yeah. that's why it's still winter because someone's gone and killed. What's its name? Yeah, like spreading the hoarfrost from its corpse or something. That'd be sick, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. I hope it'd be really. I'll be colder as you get closer to the corpse too. I hope that'd be a thing. Oh, see, and then that would make like the gear extremely important. Like, you know, in order to, it, you know, for whatever reason, you got to get close for whatever that might be. And that that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I dig that. It could, could attract like mobs or something. Like, certain mobs might like extreme colds. And that way, since you've killed it there, mm. like that's where and you spawn points for certain mobs. Right. They're going to thrive there. And now you've got like yeah. battles that take place or whatever. And this is a great example of like an event too, you know, like the kind of events that Ashes could have. My God, dude, that's the, it's one of the more meaningful types too, because we think of like corruption, but thinking of like elemental changes or status effects to zones or biomes as a result of some NPC, like a dragon. I mean, Armored so you were talking about the dragons. I thought about that cosmetic dragon and one with the one that looks like autumn leaves and stuff that. That would be sick, dude, to have one like that who just sort of like impacts the the world and sort of like, you know, creates some persistency, you know, in 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 that biome or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I saw the teams were like super stoked. The environment team was super stoked about creating the Redwood Forest biome. So I'm like actually this is one of the biomes that I am like super stoked about is the just really tall trees and the Ooh. sense of like being just this you know, humanoid character rolling through the woods and there's these grand, massive trees around you. And you look up and it's like, you know, you're like in awe. Like that level of um, depth in in a biome. Uh, I mean, one of the games that did, I think, in my opinion, a really good job of this, um, as much as I give it a lot of uh, really hard time uh, in an MMORPG, is The Elder Scrolls Online, um, the Khajiit Zone. Uh, where the dragons and stuff were at during and elsewhere, uh, the depth in those zones, like you could get up at a high point. It's like, uh, I could fall into that ravine. That is going that. I mean, that sense of looking down, I was like, oh man, you know, where you get the sense of feeling like you're high up, even though you're just in a game and you're 
own body physically sort of has a reaction to it. Those types of things to me are just like, oh, that's good stuff. That's the good stuff. Um, so it, the environment in the world to me has the uh, potential to create those types of opportunities for immersion. Um, and I think all, all of the things we're talking about are definitely like birds being assigned to specific trees, right? So you chop yeah, down certain cool. trees, audio for it goes away, like the birds go away. Like what? That's sick. I hope you can climb those trees because like, there's there's a lot of um like you know how there's like certain mountains so you can like glide but not fly maps but they glide so yeah. I think you could like climb the redwoods and then glide across the map. Oh my god, dude, that would be crazy. So like you can redwoods oh, you know. redwoods oh. not only just a like a farming zone it's also like if I want to travel faster or safer I can climb this tree and then glide oh, across. Oh my god, so it's like a like a safe not a safe zone but like a it's, mm. it's a better way of transport. I like it. What they just we haven't really got much in the um in the in the move like you've seen people like like traverse across the landscape, right? And mm-hmm. like in the in like the cave zone with the like the mushrooms and stuff. But like we haven't really seen them like climb straight vertical, have they? Like no. straight, straight. Yeah, for a long time so, that wasn't really gonna be in the game plan either, be until we got to UE five and now it's like, well, it could be possible. I don't know how much we'll get, but yeah, what were you thinking, Daedalus? You look like you had a thought brewing, dude. I'm like, what's going on over there? Oh, well, no. I don't know. I think Sim would be a fan of the tree climb because then he could like hide on one of the branches and lie in wait for his victims. Wow, dude. I wish I hadn't on even given alt. Sorry, my bad. On um, his alt. Yeah, on my alt, I'll do stuff like that. I'm not gonna do that on my paladin. Who knows? Maybe my maybe my mean character is my main character. If paladins suck, I won't play maybe. it as a main. I see. It's possible. I see. If paladins suck, would you play a paladin if it sucked in this game? No, I've had too many bad paladin experiences. Dude, I played a paladin for damn near twenty years and they sucked. So okay, don't 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 put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. That's fair point. Yeah, World of Warcraft paladins were pretty bad, pretty much always. Yeah, there were there were like moments in time, those small glimmers where it was like, oh, feels like it's getting good, and it's like and gone. Oh, how yeah, brief. It's like, oh wait. Yeah, I could I could imagine the meeting now. All the Blizzard devs are in the room. They're saying, "Oh shit, Paladin's fun again. Let's change something." Got to change that. Can't have that in this game. Get the hell out of here with that. Nobody likes Lightbringers these days. Uh, apparently, I'm frozen on the stream. I can see my face, yeah. dude. I'm. Oh yeah, you are. You're totally frozen <laughs> yeah. in here. Duck face. It's a, it's Please a, don't kind of duck face. No, you just look you're like you're getting like ready to say face, something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's okay. We're coming up to the end anyway. People can enjoy your contemplative look on your face for the rest of the show. It's fine. Do you, do you know what, man? I I don't know what to tell you, man, okay? Look, if Paladin suck, I'm going to play a character that's just going to go around and shank things, okay? And it doesn't mean that, like, that's... Look, when you play a character, sometimes it's reflective of who you are as an individual. Sometimes it's a complete opposite of who you are as an individual, Right. Sometimes the people I've met who play necromancers that play, they RP like these really ominous, dark characters are the nicest people in in real life. Right. We've all met those people. Right. Uh, Your character in a game does not absolutely necessarily constitute who you are as a live human being. So don't as as Daedalus says, don't put that hate on me or that that whatever on me that bad juju yeah, or evil or, or evil on yeah, me yeah uh, necromancers aren't evil 
man, he helped me in my last raid. He brought my brother back to help me with the raid. He, he, he said it's not bad and evil. Oh, oh no. Try to try to change your camera. There we go. Are we going to get him? Oh my gosh. Are we going to get, are we going to get armored cell? Well, what happened here? It's okay. My, my Discord just uh, updated. Oh, did it? Is that what happened? You updated your Discord in the middle of our broadcast, and now I'm Daedalus, I'm not... and Daedalus is you. And for some reason, you are in my position. Right? This is this is perfect example. Oh, damn it! It's over now. That was a perfect example of Dark Overlord things actually happening real time. People witnessed it live. That was Armored Cell trying to take over the show for a oh. moment, and the forces of the light. <laughs> came to save me you see that for a moment there he wanted to show you who the true dark overlord really was and he put his icon where my name was on the screen if you weren't watching this live i literally the show was trying to get hijacked by a dark overlord named armored cell his cultish ways he must have been in the middle of a ritual before this show and that's what that was that was that is what that was evidence you're with your own eyes and he was trying I'm to just, pretend just, to. He was like, look what I'm about to do, y'all. I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to breathe a sigh of relief right now because I, <laughs> luckily the camera changed before I had to start speaking in an Australian accent and it would have been <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. That's so good, dude. <laughs> you, know, you know what, man? We, uh, the, the other interview area was with the combat team. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to save that one for next week. I thought we'd get through it all today, but I actually think I want to save that one for next week specifically. So we'll hit on the, the gathering and crafting one because it was a little shorter. But I think I want to save that one for next week. And I want to pose a question for those of you who are here with us live, who are listening, who are watching. Keep this in mind. Share it in the comments on the YouTube video later. Right? Share in the conversation on our Discord. You can, if you're not there, discord.gg forward slash some That's where all the Ashes HQ and Pathfinder stuff is at. Go over there, check it out. Share in the conversation. Here's my question, right? Based on what you've seen and heard, or is anyone thinking potentially they might not be as far along as they think? Because I saw questions around that, discussions around that related to the combat. And that is going to be a big discussion for next week's show. Combat specifically, right? We're probably going to even tie in the active blocking, right? The use of stamina, um parkour and the discussions like armored cell had about potentially being able to go up a tree or how much uh agency are we as players going to have this is going to be a really big conversation next week because i feel like that's a whole damn show that is a whole damn show how much should we have would we like to see what should be in a launch what maybe even shouldn't be a launch some people are gonna have different ideas about this um including all the clips that we got today from alfina shout out to you homie much love talking about the interview with the gathering crafting team okay here's the thing they said that the design of of uh falling trees required a lot of cross-departmental work they discussed also that uh, land management was something that they were paying a lot of attention to. Uh, they're essentially wanting that to create interesting entrances into play cycles and not limiting play style. Okay. And so they also talked about surveying being a path 
uh, for progression within your gathering, and it gives players tools to find what they are looking for and increase their productivity. We had questions around this one specifically a while back when they mentioned it, and now we got a little bit of answers on it. They even talked mm -hmm. about like variety of life in the world is critical, ensuring that there are different stages of growth, types of growth, and different positioning. So that's it in a nutshell, but I'm curious if you all had any thoughts about this because I only hit on like three or four points there, but those are the points. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious about this whole land management piece, yes. and because I I mean I've done, I would say land management light in some MMOs, and I found the experience fun, but it was after yeah. a while kind of taxing, and we're talking about like a very like small patch, and maybe like uh, I'm mm -hmm. thinking of like Miss of Pandaria, right, and how Ooh. they had like at certain point everybody had farms. Actually, found that quite relaxing to do. Oh, it was yeah. fun, but doing it on like eight freaking alts, I was like, oh, man, I was, like was ready to commit, you know, Harry Carey at that point. <laughs> but um, because it was just a very like boring, repetitive thing, so I would be interested. I mean, especially the fact that freeholds are supposed to be limited. Not everyone's going to get a freehold, right? Based on space and so on. But I mm. do hope that there is like a good balance there where you're not necessarily like having to do a lot of like maintenance frequently. I mean, I still think it should require some time investment, right? but I like the fact that they're saying it should be not a limit to play style. I just, I like the fact that there's going to be a variety of things to do uh, and it gives you some options uh, and, and so on. And I do also like the fact we saw this a lot in how they were approaching animal husbandry. Right. So I'm interested to see like what they are thinking about the whole like gatherable, especially when it comes to like farming. Cause I'm wondering if they're also thinking of like a similar path to what they were doing with animal husbandry, where you could potentially like breed plants and maybe cross pollinate create something new potentially Ooh. make things more oh powerful God. right so there's there's a potential i mean i'm not saying like this should be like a launch thing but i'm wondering if they're thinking about that down the line to say look hey if people can animal husbandry like mm -hmm. you know focus attention on animal husbandry how complicated is farming going to be on say complicated how deep is farming going to be because at some point they talked about crop rotations they were talking about different types of growth positioning and so on so i'm wondering if there's any opportunity maybe even an alchemy or something where you know you could you know create new breeds of plants or at least maybe for a limited time you might get a rare spawn plant because of something you did i think that's also oh yeah gonna be um gonna be something that i would be interested in again making the game world richer Absolutely. feeling like a true world Honestly, it's like after this like recent, you know, relatively recent thing they did with Hogwarts Legacy, it's making me think, man, I wonder if the, how that system would work in an MMO environment. Because it just feels like more and more with that, they're trying to set up like a good stage for a massive multiplayer experience. Yeah. I kind of feel like that level of depth and richness is something we're already starting to see in how um, layered like these different systems that 
we keep hearing about and ashes of creation are going to be um so anyway my my two cents on the on the gathering piece um yeah i i really agree i really think that you're right with the um how deeply farming is going to be um i wonder if like there's going to be like some side effects like if you cross like certain plants like maybe it'll be a could be an adverse side effect but yeah you, you've got to breed it a few times before you can get those kinks out of the genes if you know what i mean like um maybe it gives you like uh, a small slow effect but it'll also give you like a strength bonus but if you cook it in a certain way but you gotta like maybe or maybe you just gotta cook it in a certain way to get rid of those toxins or something um but once again with these with these systems for crafting and harvesting and stuff i'm hoping that with like even with the metal smithing and the weapon crafting I'm hoping like there's a default where you don't need to do these mini games, but then there is for people who really want to invest the time and really want to hone their craft, they can go into a deeper sort of crafting mechanic or like uh growing mechanic or breeding mechanic and all so like people who everyday people who don't want to do that mm -hmm. sort of heavy crafting can still do it, but they choose not to they want to do the default. I just want a normal sword. I don't want a spend like 10 minutes mm -hmm. trying to get this thing in a certain way to get a plus 10 sword or grow these right. crops in a certain way to get like maximum yield you know what i mean right. so i'm hoping that i'm hoping that's what they they will do like a standard but then there's also like a uh non-standard way to do it so that way it's not like so mm -hmm. limiting that like it's not so overwhelming for me to oh i'm not going to breed anything because it just it's like the math and all the crossbreeding that seems too much for me like, i don't want it to be like that but um i'm hoping it's it makes it more uh reachable for the uh lower like people who just want to like dabble but not right. invest all their time into it but i also hope that there's enough things in there for people to invest like a lot of time into it where it's fun yeah um that's why many games are uh, fun in some crafting aspects um but what i did saw with the surveying is we mentioned this before where we were hoping that there wasn't any like multiple iron so there's not like um like demon iron angel iron and all the rest of it uh you did mention that if you uh if you survey you might want you might look for like a gold like he's talking about gold ore at one point and he's thinking he's, he's, he's talking like gold little like a higher value of gold so right. i don't think so i think i think he's going they're going around well, sort of having like six different iron or gold or yeah. different qualities of ore so mm -hmm. different qualities of ore will yield a different amount maybe or maybe it's a different quality so therefore you're yeah. getting a better weapon out of it because you're using a better quality or density of that ore um so i'm interested to see what they're going to do with that because if it's the same if it's the same ore but just a better quality i feel like that sort of bridges the gap of not having 15 different gold but at the same time, still use that gold for a dagger, whether it's a level one gold or a level 15 gold, like rarity wise. I'm not sure what they're going to call it, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. uh, the quality of the gold. So uh, I feel like that might be a good uh, halfway point where it's not like oversaturating the market with like 15 different golds that he can't can only use on certain things. Right. But if you yeah. want a quality weapon, you want quality ore and mm -hmm. you want maybe quality wood to smelt that ore. Maybe you want a, a quality hammer as well. Like the more quality tools and uh, materials you use, the better craft you're going to get. 
which is more like an investment time into a item, which I feel like it's going to be a bit more fun and challenging rather than just farming just level one golds and mm-hmm. just ma- like mass crafting gold daggers. So that's that was my yeah. main takeaway from the surveying. You see that? Yeah, I love I love that idea, and frankly, I would be totally okay with a couple of things. And because what you were saying actually inspired me to think about a couple of things, I would love to see as you get into higher tiers of crafting, like that whole mini game piece being like a progressive part of it, right? Yeah. And also, like even with the surveying, allowing you to gather maybe different qualities of gold, maybe there's an associated like. Um, relationship with also processing so if i get you know i don't know the ghetto gold right versus like the top tier gold i can still maybe use more of it and refine it so that i maybe cook out those impurities or at least make it you know i have an opportunity to do something Mm. more with it right there's so many different layers you can make here like with um, progression and and yeah. making a system that's super deep for crafting without necessarily like locking out people that want to dabble Ooh. i mean i'm like i'm i'm a total dabbler in some um like crafting like yeah. professions others i want to heavily invest in because that's maybe like the main thing for my character um or in the case of like you know the blizzard game i'm like okay yeah this is not useful anymore so i'm just gonna do it up to a small point and then you just call it a day or not do it at all. So I'm hoping that they have like these layers where people that are really like wanting to be like a swordsmith or they really want to have like somebody that has like top tier, like, you know, animal husbandry output, like mounts and pets and so on. But those investments are, I don't want to say rewarded, but those investments open up opportunities for you to maybe do this mini game to get even more like of a bonus. I just I want to tread a line with those mini games though, yeah. where it's not going to be well. In order to be the best, I have to do this. It might maybe yield more materials, or it might be maybe more efficient, but it's not necessarily going to give me a much higher quality product per se. And and that's a, a line, right? You might have maybe a and I hate to say this because I don't like RNG and crafting, but there might be like a better outcome if you do the mini games, but it's still only a chance. It's not like a guarantee. So then it doesn't necessarily make it as required that I don't know, like everybody, you know, with any system is going to find a way to meta it. So I'm I'm sure that'll come up. Ways to like manipulate it too. I mean, you know, I, I think the idea of like not having to do it is important, like, but it also being like an alternative route to achieve the same thing, but it might require risk. So if you don't want to like, you know, take that risk, you don't, but then you really, you know, this is one of those things, right? You can go the tried and true way to achieve this outcome. You can roll the dice a little bit, but this is a risk reward scenario. Um, whereas the other one might be a little bit more of a guarantee. I think that's definitely important, but I, I, end of the day i don't i don't want to feel like when i'm playing any game that it's a a job it feels like i'm working like legitimately working right Mm -hmm. i think that's like one of the one of the things and when i say working i mean like the kind of like you know blood sweat and tears you put into your day gig in real life Mm -hmm. um that sort of a thing but yeah that's why i'm saying like the dabbling like yeah 
you can dabble into it, but you don't have to invest heaps into right. it. But if you want to invest heaps into it, like if, if I wanted to be a good a swordsmith, I, want, I don't want to invest all that time into it. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's, that feels fun for me, but not it might feel fun for you. Right. You want but to be rewarding. You dabble, yeah. Yeah. For different people, different people who have different play style orientations. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, I have a question and then like talk in kind of like closing here for today. How do you think this is completely off the wall because we've had all of our topics today and this is a closing question. And I would uh, <laughs> like to know what you all think about this as well. It's a little lighter, lighter side stuff here. Uh, but what was that? Daedalus, why are you looking like you're cringing over there? What's going on? You got to. Yeah, I'm just I'm giving you the chicken stare. It's chicken stare. Thing. How do you think they celebrate the new year in Vera? Oh, I, I was thinking about this answer were you well, really clearly i oh, was no. i was because i saw oh, this on the show notes oh. and so trust no this is not going to have any dark overload oh my god i'm like i'm getting <laughs> trolled okay let's hear it though like, the anxiety was actually intoxicating so i appreciate it <laughs> you're welcome uh, what the fuck <laughs> so anyway uh how i suspect is they they forget the Varen Royal Guard and they start thinking like PlayStation and see this dude behind me just blow shit up. That's how they celebrate the new year. Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> what, what do you what do you think, Armored Cell? Uh I'd hope there'd be like some sort of um like uh natural event, like sort of like the uh the cherry blossom festival in Japan, like some oh. some sort of like weird event that's like sort of uh, represents like regrowth and renewal that's that's just my thought of it wow i like that yeah you know what's surprising to me what i thought you'd go with something cultish what the hell is going on here you're all like non-cultish sacrifice orientation that seems very anti- um, cult leader of you. What's going on? I'm a little disappointed. Hey, my, my whole thing is we were saving the best for last. So how do you think they do a dark I, I don't know. I just hope that they dress up really pretty trees and put decorations on them and um, living with fires. dead trees. Living, obviously, new life. You know, um, what's happening? Why are you all laughing? What's what's going on? Oh. I mean, it's Hello? it's very weird. Like. The whole Christmas thing is pretty weird, right? You cut down a tree and dress up, dress up as corpse and like decorate. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> oh, I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't view it as a corpse. I mean, it's just the tree, man. It's just wood, right? How that to the tree? Tell the tree God, right? It's gonna come oh, get dear you, Lord. Well played. We and now we have literally come full circle, everybody. Well played. I, I can't tell you, you know, I just, I think anything capitalizing on, um, you know, sort of like rebirth. I mean, I definitely think that's good. Like kind of, uh, or, or frozen, uh, not corpses, just frozen, um, winter dragons or, you know, uh, anybody help me? Anybody in chat? I know. No, you, you're, you're digging Fine. that all yourself, buddy. Okay. Uh, I, this has been a great show, everybody. Uh, why don't we um, let our fellow Pathfinders shout out their domains where you all can find them when they're not on the show. Okay, cool. Daedalus, you first. All right. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Ashen Herald. Right on. And uh, Armored Cell, our favorite Dark Overlord cult leader. 
You can find me on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Ahmed Sal and always on uh, our Discord server for Smog. And which is. What? And what? No. Your Discord, our Discord server for the. Um, for the Lightbringer, yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. No, there's no dungeons or Dark Overlord stuff or. Uh, sweaty dark couches or weird things like that. I don't know what's sweaty, sweaty dark. Okay. Okay, everybody. I encourage you to let me know what you think uh, or how you think that Varen's in the world of ashes of creation celebrate the new year let us know some of your thoughts in the video if you're watching on youtube if you're not shout out to the homies thank you for supporting following being here live all of you in chat right now you all rock and remember that you don't have to be on the round table here or only here when we're live to be a pathfinder it's literally all of you that partake in watching listening whether live or otherwise you are pathfinder so much love to all of you to intrepid studios have a happy new year everybody if you're celebrating today here we are in 2023 and friends much love to intrepid studios to you and until next time, live your best lives. Walk in the light. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Year.